It's Tony Messia with the Charlotte Ledger. Today we're sharing a letter that we wrote to Ledger readers looking back on 2021 and looking ahead to what's in store with the Ledger for 2022. I thought you might enjoy it hearing it straight from the horse's mouth, so to speak, in this audio format. Uh, so if you're listening, enjoy. If you don't like my voice, feel free to tune me out and just read the letter in, in, the, uh, in the newsletter. Here we go. Dear Ledger reader, it's the end of 2021, the time of year when organizations look back and look ahead. At the Ledger, we'll try to spare you the overly sappy reflections, but we do think it's healthy to share with our readers what we've done and where we're heading. We can exist only because of our readers' support, so we think you deserve periodic updates on how our business is doing. Here's the short version. In 2021, we continued growing with more paying members climbing aboard, more people hearing about us, and more efforts on our part to experiment with new things that readers might like. We're going to plan to keep that up in 2022. That's the short version. The longer version is, man, we did a lot. We sent 292 email newsletters. We broke a ton of news, highlighted trends. We introduced you to fascinating people in our city. We're pretty sure we, <clears throat> we are pretty sure we made you smarter and better informed. And some of the work we're most proud of includes the following. Investigations. We shared some ambitious investigative pieces, including in-depth looks at sexual assault allegations at Myers Park High School, an unexpected $10,000 colonoscopy bill from Atrium Health. We broke that one down. The decline of the Arts and Science Council. And we looked at the trend toward replacing pediatricians with nurses in hospital nurseries. A lot of important things. We went beneath the surface and, and took a closer look. New newsletters. We started two new newsletters this year. Ways of Life, which is our obituaries newsletter, and Transit Time, which we produce in conjunction with WFAE and UNC Charlotte's Urban Institute. Now, not to brag too much, but Transit Time was named Best Local Newsletter by Queen City Nerve. And it also won a national award from our trade group, the Local Independent Online News, or LION, for Collaboration of the Year. Let's give it up for transit time. Trends. We shed some light on some trends. We're connected to Charlotte. We clued you in on interesting and important trends before they became widely apparent. Supply chain disruptions. We looked into the causes months before politicians made it a talking point. Book shortages. We told you about them two weeks before the New York Times. Wild bidding wars for houses. We shared Charlotte Realtors' eye-opening stories a week before the Wall Street Journal had the same idea. And when teens started stocking up on feta cheese in February because of a TikTok video, guess which local newsletter was on it two weeks before the New York Times took note? Yeah, that was us. Interesting people. Hey, we introduced you to Charlotte people with stories to tell and lessons to share, including an atrium COVID ICU nurse who experienced the pandemic through different eyes when her grandmother became ill with the virus. Newly vaccinated seniors in Sun City who were happy to resume playing pickleball and attending Saturday night 60s dance parties once again. A Broadway fan who received a get well video message from Lynn Wen from tongue twister, Lynn Manuel Miranda. Uh, investors who put money into tech company Avid Exchange and waited 20 years to reap big windfalls. And then we also shared with you the story of relocated northerners who play hockey at midnight in Pineville. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on in our city, and 
we help show you some of the people uh, you know, making it happen. Also in that vein, interviews. We gave you Q&As with well-known and fascinating Charlotte people, including former Bank of America CEO Hugh McCall Jr., former mayors Sue Myrick and Harvey Gantt, the Beckler Museum of Modern Art's new executive director, Todd Smith, Charlotte Mecklenburg Library's new CEO, Marcellus M.T. Turner, and a Q&A with basketball broadcast analyst Jay Billis. Growth and development. I think we all know one of the big stories of Charlotte is the story of growth here. And we've continued to offer unparalleled and authoritative local coverage of this important topic, from insights on the 2040 Comprehensive Plan that the City Council passed this summer, to development trends in Sugar Creek, Noda, West Charlotte, Ballantyne, South Park, University City, and many, many other places throughout the city. We shared repeated scoops on land deals and development plans, and of course, our popular monthly listing of Charlotte's rezoning petitions. That's a real crowd pleaser. Series, hey, we delivered several series of themed articles in 2021, including A Better You, which had advice from local experts on how to improve yourself, Urban Adventures, in which we introduced you to exciting parts of Charlotte's urban core, as an aside, one of my favorite ones was uh, our intern, Lindsay Banks, who took her mother clubbing in Uptown. That was a fun read. Second Acts uh, sh- shared stories of people who made career transitions later in life. Well, we also had the second season of Flyover Friday, which we did in partnership with the 5 and 2 Project. It uses video and drone footage to examine development trends in Charlotte. Historical heavyweights, our friend John Short examined the lives of influential uh, Charlotte historical figures in a, in a series in October and November. Entrepreneur Week, we highlighted local business founders uh, who shared their insights on, on getting started in, in business. There are a lot of entrepreneurs out there. We think that was tremendously helpful. And Legends of Charlotte, which featured interviews with some of the city's longtime movers and shakers. And you also might have noticed we just recently finished a five-week run of locally-focused crossword puzzles. You know, we could keep going. I could sit here. This, it, it couldn't break it out as a podcast on its own. But it, if you did, it would be a long, long list of things that we did that were really, I think, top-notch this year. Uh, you know, We turned over authorship of the newsletter to an artificial intelligence program called Jarvis, uh, for an issue. That was a fascinating read. We let fourth and fifth graders at Ballantyne Elementary produce one of our newsletters. We launched an audio version of the ledger on Spotify. We crafted an all-too-believable April Fool's edition. It really did fool a bunch of people. Um, we held our second annual 40 Over 40 Awards, and we provided in-depth coverage of the ABC liquor shortage and of controversial expansion plans at Myers Park Country Club. The, the, like I say, the list goes on and on. And if you want links to all those I mentioned, they're in the the text uh, format of this letter. The point is, look, it it was a productive and fun year, thanks to our network of talented freelancers and partners, our newsletter sponsors, and thanks to you, our readers. I started the ledger nearly three years ago because as someone who cares about Charlotte and who believes reliable information is vital to a functioning society, I was disappointed with the decline in responsible and important local journalism here. I'm happy to report that I believe the Ledger is now consistently producing smart news for people who care about our city. We're doing it without the benefit of common tactics that personally annoy me and probably annoy you. I'm talking about things like embarrassingly enthusiastic coverage of restaurants and bars, 
irritating ads that render articles almost unreadable, absurd clickbait headlines that purposefully omit key information in order to get you to click on a story, pay-to-play marketing arrangements, half-baked and biased, quote-unquote, news reporting, and, and so on. You know, the list goes on. We don't do any of that. As of this week, the Ledger has 11,000 people who have signed up to receive our emails. Nearly one quarter of those people are paying members. We're not the largest local outlet, not anywhere close. We don't aim to be. Rather, we're trying to produce a high-quality product for people who appreciate it. We like to think of ourselves as more like a fine wine, not a box of Franzia. Our financial numbers are strong. Membership revenue, which accounts for about five-sixths of the money we take in, it rose 84% this year. Our expenses are up, too, because producing quality local journalism isn't cheap. But overall, we're encouraged by the growth, and we're grateful for our paying members whose support allows us to expand and to experiment. So where do we go from here? What's next? Well, I want to assure you that our main focus is going to be continuing to deliver high-quality, original information for Charlotte. That won't change. We will continue experimenting with new ways to reach new people and to serve our readers. We have plans in 2022 to hold more in-person and online events, building on the successes that we've had with some of these this year. We've had a Charlotte marketing series in conjunction with online events company Jumbo. We had a forum on college admissions in October for our paying members. That Jumbo also produced that one for us in partnership with them, and so we appreciate that. And then we also had an in-person happy hour with the Ledger with me and Christina, Christina Bowling, our managing editor. Uh, impromptu happy hour in South Park for our paying members. We held that in October, I believe. And uh, that was a big success. So we plan to build on those in the year ahead. Mark your calendar for April 28th when we're holding our first ever in-person awards celebration for our 40 over 40 recipients. Nominations for those awards, which are now in their third year, open next month in January. And we'll honor these people who are making important contributions to our community. And we're going to do it with a fun 1980s-themed party that we've been working on for the last couple of months. I think people are really going to enjoy that. In the future, we envision starting newsletters on additional local topics. We foresee adding more full-time staffers to join me and managing editor Christina Bowling and continuing to increase our use of talented freelance writers. We're purposefully set up differently than other media companies. We're a locally owned business that is self-financed, and we don't have and don't want deep-pocketed out-of-state corporate owners or lucrative ad deals paying the bills. We're perfectly content to grow steadily in a way that ensures we are serving our readers as our main customers. That's all for now. As always, if you have any thoughts about our coverage or suggestions for the future, you know how to reach us. Drop me an email or send Christina an email. My email is tony at cltledger.com. Or if you prefer to email Christina, her uh, email address is Christina, C-R-I-S-T-I-N-A, at cltledger.com. Best wishes for a healthy and prosperous 2022. Thanks a lot for listening.